Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What is up, guys? I took a little bit of a break, you know, after the end of the regular season. I think I've only put out one video since then, but it's time to jump back into a more routine schedule. I'm going to be working on putting out probably four to five videos each week, probably on weekdays, just so you know you can watch the content during the week. And then on the weekends, you have the NFL playoffs. But in today's video, I'm going to be re ranking the 2021 draft class obviously the fantasy positions. So basically, you know, dynasty rankings for the 2021 draft class, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. In this specific video, I'm going to be going through the quarterbacks and wide receivers. And then tomorrow I will go through the running backs and tight ends. All I ask is that while you guys are watching, if you're enjoying the content, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. And then also let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. Let me know if you think I have a guy too high, too low. Give me your reasoning. I'd love to talk about it down below. But let's get into the quarterbacks first. And I think coming into the season, Trevor Lawrence was basically the consensus quarterback one. And that totally made sense. Number one pick, one of the best prospects of all time. But I do actually have a new number one after the season. And it is Trey Lance. I think of all these rookie quarterbacks, he is the best supporting cast moving forward. You've got Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. You've got a solid O-line there in San Francisco. And then also, I just love the pairing with Kyle Shanahan, one of the top offensive minds in the NFL. And then when you look at Trey Lance, we didn't see a ton out of him this year, which honestly probably benefits him because almost every other rookie quarterback underperformed, looking at Lawrence, Fields, and Wilson. But Trey Lance, you know, was solid in his opportunities, and I do expect him to take over in 2022. We know he has that top tier rushing upside. So I think he's going to be a really solid option moving forward. And I do hope that he gets that job. And I think he will, you know, barring a Jimmy G taking the 49ers to the Super Bowl or winning the Super Bowl. At number two, I have Trevor Lawrence. Like I mentioned, he was the consensus quarterback one coming into the season. Overall, he had a pretty brutal rookie season. Not going to sugarcoat it. He did not look good, but I'm definitely not going to be giving up on him. After one season, he is still one of the best quarterback prospects of all time. And when you look at his situation, I mean, it was just horrible. And the rough thing here is that it's probably still going to be bad moving forward. This isn't a roster that I think is just going to totally flip around going into 2022. But I still think the potential is there for him to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, you know, in the next few years. Hopefully they make a solid hire at head coach, you know, an offensive mind or at least a really solid offensive mind as the offensive coordinator, someone that he can really kind of progress with. Because I do think, you know, that potential is 100% still there. At number three, I have Justin Fields, and he also had his fair share of rookie struggles. But another guy who was just placed in a really unfortunate situation, you know, you had a bad offensive line, the weapons were not good. Obviously, Matt Nagy was just totally incompetent as a head coach. So I think it'll also be interesting to see who the Bears bring in. I know they've been linked to Flores, a bunch of different options. Hopefully it's a solid hire. But Justin Fields is a guy who, if he can, you know, even become like a, you know, mid-level quarterback, he has the rushing upside to be someone who could be a QB1 top 12 guy on a year-to-year -year basis. And I do think he still has a solid shot, you know, to be a fairly competent NFL quarterback. Then at number four, I have Zach Wilson. And I think a lot of people would be expecting Mac Jones to be here at number four or even higher, you know, given his rookie season. 
but I'm gonna go with Wilson here, and it is because of his overall ceiling. I really don't think it's close between him and Mac Jones. You know, Jones definitely overachieved this season compared to Zach Wilson, who definitely struggled, did not play well, was kind of in that group with Justin Fields as Trevor Lawrence, as players who didn't live up to those expectations. But when you look at the final points per game numbers, I think a lot of people would be shocked to find out that Mac Jones only averaged 1.5 points more per game than Zach Wilson. And remember, that was with Mac Jones playing very well and Zach Wilson playing very poorly. I think when you're projecting a few years into the future, I really like the way the Jets are building around their offense. They've got a strong O-line. You know, not a strong O-line right now, but they've shown that they want to invest in that position with Becton. They also spent early round draft capital in last year's draft on the offensive line. Plus, you're looking at the weapons around him. I think Elijah Moore is going to be a stud. This is going to be a great quarterback wide receiver duo moving forward. They brought in Corey Davis, who I think is a very capable wide receiver too. I wouldn't be shocked if they go back to the well at wide receiver in this year's draft. I think Braxton Berrios is a free agent, but he's definitely someone who emerged later in the season. Maybe they bring him back. And when we're looking at like trade targets, I think Zach Wilson is a very, very solid buy low option going into the 2022 season, especially when you're looking at some of the quarterbacks coming out of the draft this year. You know, this is a pretty weak quarterback class. And remember, Zach Wilson was picked number two in a stacked quarterback draft. And this wasn't like, a oh, the Jets reached. A lot of teams really, really loved Zach Wilson. And he definitely showed flashes towards the end of the season. So that is why he comes in here at number four. Then at number five, it is going to be Mac Jones, a very, very encouraging 2021 season. When we're looking at real life NFL standards, he was definitely the best rookie quarterback. He also may have been the best rookie quarterback for fantasy, but I think we all know his ceiling is capped for fantasy football. He has a very solid situation around him with the Patriots, a really solid O-line, strong run game to kind of support him. They've invested in weapons around him. I still think it's not a great unit. You know, you've got some solid wide receivers, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar. They invested in tight ends with Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith. We don't really have like one stud guy to really be that number one for Mac, but I just can't see him ever being like a mid-tier quarterback one unless he somehow turns into one of these like elite pocket passing quarterbacks, like a Tom Brady adjacent player, maybe like a Peyton Manning, you know, those kind of archetypes because he is not going to get any production on the ground and it's just tough to perform as a mid-tier quarterback one or better when you don't have that capability. You know, this breakdown so far may seem a little bit negative towards Mac Jones. That's definitely not the case. I do think it's important to point out the limitations, but there are definitely a lot of positives for Mac Jones also. Like I mentioned, he was the best quarterback in terms of real life NFL standards this season. And even though, you know, his ceiling is limited, he can still be a very solid, you know, super flex quarterback two option. I kind of mentioned, you know, for him to reach that high-end QB1 potential, he's going to need to be a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning. I really just don't think that's in the cards here. But there is a comparison that I think is much more reasonable, and that would be a guy like Kirk Cousins. You know, someone who could be a high-end QB2, low-end quarterback one, doesn't get it done on the ground, but is a solid pocket passer, can produce with weapons around him. Like if he ends up putting up Kirk Cousins' numbers throughout his career, I feel like that's definitely a win having Mac Jones as a really solid option in Superflex fantasy football. So no shame here having Mac Jones at five. And then the sixth and final quarterback 
it is going to be Davis Mills. And he kind of unexpectedly performed very well on just a very, very bad offense. Kind of similar to Mac Jones here. He has a limited ceiling because of his lack of mobility. He's never going to be super involved in the run game. And then another kind of negative third round draft capital, not great. I do expect, you know, him to be the quarterback, at least going into 2022 for the Texans. But really, that's kind of a dumpster fire situation there. But I mean, if you drafted him in super flex leagues or just picked him off off of waivers, he has drastically improved his value, you know, coming into the season. So just a player to watch out for. And maybe they get some weapons around him and he's able to continue to produce and evolve as a quarterback. Now let's shift over to the wide receiver position. So my top 10 wide receivers from the 2021 draft class. And number one, this is pretty obvious. It is Jamar Chase. Don't really have to say a ton here. One of the best rookie seasons of all time, if not the best. He's going to be attached to a top five quarterback moving forward with Joe Burrow. Like these guys should be paired for like 10 plus years. It should be great to watch. And I think he's a top two dynasty wide receiver. Whether you have him or Justin Jefferson, it is up in the air, but he is just way, way up there in elite talent and a great dynasty asset. And number two, I feel like this is also pretty consensus. Jalen Waddell kind of had an under the radar season here because it was very solid for a rookie. Just got a little bit overshadowed by Jamar Chase. He saw monster volume, 142 targets and 104 receptions. If the Dolphins are able to make a move this offseason to bring in a top tier quarterback, that would be fantastic. I don't think it's likely, especially with Brian Flores getting fired. It kind of seemed like he was the guy spearheading the bring in Deshaun Watson plan. But I do think even with Tua, if he develops at least a little bit, Waddle could break into like a top five dynasty wide receiver. I don't think he's there yet unless they do acquire a guy like Deshaun Watson, but he definitely had a great rookie season and should continue to ball out going into 2022. At number three, I have Elijah Moore. This may be a little bit kind of controversial. Some people may like Devonta Smith, maybe a guy like Amon Ra, but this is where Elijah Moore is going to slot in for me. He was experiencing a major breakout prior to getting injured and being placed on IR. So for his last six games of the season, Elijah Moore averaged eight and a half targets per game, 77 receiving yards per game, and scored five touchdowns over that stretch. I mean, the man was balling out with poor quarterback play, and he was doing it with everyone. It was Zach Wilson. It was Mike White. It was uh, was it Josh Johnson was in there. Maybe Flacco got a game. I mean, it was all over the place at their quarterback position, and Elijah Moore just balled out no matter who was there. If Zach Wilson can continue to develop and turn into at least you know a mid-tier NFL quarterback, Elijah Moore will be an absolute stud moving forward and could push him up there as like a dynasty wide receiver one, probably going into like the 2023 season. And number four, I have Devonta Smith put together a solid rookie season, 64 receptions, 916 receiving yards and five receiving touchdowns. The thing that kind of, you know, gives me a little bit of pause is just the quarterback position. And it's kind of in this rough spot here. It looks like the Eagles are going to commit to Jalen Hurts in the future. And that's really good for Jalen Hurts fantasy value. You know, we know he has that rushing upside, but as a passer, Jalen Hurts has just not looked impressive. And that's definitely going to limit Devonta Smith's ceiling. And so it's in this weird range where, you know, you don't really want them to move on because then it's even more uncertain. 
But then you look at Jalen Hurts and like, if he's the quarterback of the future, that is going to greatly limit Devonta Smith's ceiling. So we'll see how this all plays out. But what we do know is that he is a supremely talented weapon and should be the wide receiver one there for the foreseeable future. Now getting to number five, this was a really tough call for me between Amon Ra and Rashad Bateman. I ended up going with Amon Ra St. Brown here at number five. Some of the cons for Amon Ra is that he doesn't have great draft capital. He was selected in the fourth round, but I really just could not ignore his finish to the 2021 season. He received double-digit targets the last six games. He averaged 93 receiving yards during that stretch and scored six touchdowns. I think, you know, his ceiling is maybe capped compared to a guy like Rashad Bateman, who I do think could be a wide receiver one on a good team. But for Amon Ra, I think, you know, his ceiling is a wide receiver two on a solid roster. But I do think, you know, he could be a consistent, you know, volume wide receiver two in the future. It'll be interesting to see what the Lions do this offseason. Are they going to target the quarterback position? You know, maybe late first round, trade those picks around a little bit. We'll see, you know, are they going to invest in a veteran guy this offseason? It's all up in the air. Also, what is it going to look like with Swift and Hawkinson on the field? Does that limit Amon Ross production? It could a little bit, but I think he's definitely proven that he is a talented weapon and is someone that they can get involved in this offense pretty creatively. So he's definitely earned a role, you know, going into 2022, but there is, you know, a few red flags thrown in there. And number six, I already mentioned him. It is Rashad Bateman. It's really tough for me to have him this low because I absolutely loved him as a prospect and had high hopes for him coming into this season. He had to deal with some unfavorable circumstances this year. He missed the first five games with a groin injury, so he's already missing out on those early reps, the chemistry with his quarterbacks. He ended up finishing the season with 46 receptions, 515 receiving yards, and one receiving touchdown. Obviously, you know, some of that was without Lamar Jackson, but when Lamar was on the field, it didn't seem like they had a great connection. Whatever, it's tough because, you know, these second-year wide receivers who flop in year one tend to not perform super well. There are definitely some exceptions. A guy like Michael Pittman struggled as a rookie, goes out, is really impressive in his sophomore season. I would lean more to Rashad Bateman kind of being that exception to the rule. I do think, you know, he has the potential to overtake Hollywood Brown as the wide receiver one going into 2022, just because we did see Hollywood Brown kind of slow down towards the end of the season. And I think when you're looking at overall skill set, Bateman is definitely more fit to be a wide receiver one in an offense, but he just hasn't produced at a high level yet. So we kind of have to wait and see. I think there's a pretty steep drop off here from Rashad Bateman to number seven, which is where I have Kadarius Tony. I really wasn't a fan of Kadarius Tony, you know, going into the off season. I didn't like him as a prospect. I thought he was way overdrafted. And then the landing spot was just not great. He definitely showed flashes throughout the season, but could just not find sustainable success in that Giants offense. I mean, really no one could find sustainable success in that offense, so I guess you give him a little bit of a pass. He finished 10 games with 420 receiving yards and did not get into the end zone once. The organization as a whole is a mess. We don't know what's going to go on with the quarterback position, the head coach spot. So we know he's talented, but I feel like that's kind of all we're holding on to here with him at number seven. At number eight, I have Rondell Moore. We all know he is a freak athlete, but I really just didn't love his role this season. The Cardinals definitely wanted to get the ball into his hands, but I just feel like they didn't really set him up for success. I think they kind of just dumped the ball off to him 
and expected him to do everything, break a million tackles to really get any positive yardage. Another kind of concerning fact was that his A dot was only 3.3 yards. That low of an A dot really just does not bode well for his future. You know, I don't think he has that wide receiver two potential if he continues to be used in that role. You know, that could expand potentially. I think AJ Green's a free agent. Same thing with Christian Kirk. So maybe he gets elevated on the depth chart. But if they continue to use him as like just a screen, kind of quick pass guy, I just don't know if that ceiling is ever going to be there. Then at number nine, I have Joshua Palmer. He definitely flashed at times this season, especially kind of towards the end of the year. In those last few games, he definitely made his mark. He could also see an expanded role going into 2022 if Mike Williams does not re-sign with the Chargers. Don't really have a good read on that situation, what his market's going to be. But Joshua Palmer could definitely step up and be, you know, maybe a wide receiver three fantasy option in 2022. And then the final wide receiver is going to be Nico Collins here at number 10 an athletic, big-bodied wide receiver. He logged 33 receptions and 446 receiving yards to go along with one touchdown in 14 games. And you know, that's pretty decent production operating as like a wide receiver two, wide receiver three on a subpar offense. So, you know, we'll see what he can do in the future. Definitely, you know, more shots in the dark on some of these last few guys, but definitely a really strong class overall, basically at every single position. Like I said at the top, I'll go through the running backs and tight ends in tomorrow's video. If you guys enjoyed this one, do me a favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. Thank you all for stopping by and I'll see you in the next one.